hey, maybe find this old well and go dig up an old dead boy. He's like, meh, give me a shovel. Whatever. Well, I can't taste any gummy bears in this. It was, like, good. It's in the dog. Pissed a gallon of piss all over the floor, so... That wouldn't do at all, would it? I'm bitching about the weather in a Jim Wynorski movie. That's what I'm doing. Like, oh, you frenched out on that one. Dum dum! Hello! Help me! I'm surprised I'm not seeing Hudson out on someone's roof. <laughs> doing an Eric Cartman with wings and just falling off the roof. And <laughs> Did you at least tell them to stay out of the road? <laughs> or... oh, Lucas was inside. I'm like, where's mom? And... Oh, and I... <clears throat> okay, how are you? <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm just seeing just our kids just zombified outside <laughs> walking the streets, homeless. <laughs> Have you uh, uh, spied your wife yet? <laughs> no, no, I have not. <laughs> I mean, for all I know, there's a coven of of vampires down there that <laughs> she's gone. That I'm I'm now fending for myself in post apocalyptic movie freaks world. <laughs> there's gonna be people wandering around outside your house. It's the apocalypse, and you're in here going. So let me tell you about uh, zombies. Da da da. Yeah, here's where we're at with the horror thon this month. And I, I mean, for all I know. Like, the kids hopped off the bus, my wife hopped on the bus, and the bus took <laughs> off, and have a good life. <laughs> uh, I hope she didn't get abducted, because this would all be really not funny in retrospect. Oh, this would this would go from being funny to mm, really life-changing <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, and, and here's what's so crazy, is that uh, Lucas is wandering the house now by himself, and Hudson is just standing in the middle of the road, just looking down to where... Mom might be like just, huh? <laughs> Good. Oh my lord! Now a truck's backing out. Yeah, a truck is backing up, and they're looking like, oh shit! There's a kid that's just standing in our way of backing up. <laughs> oh, can you just turn the computer around so I can watch this unfold? Oh, I just 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 furious. How are you? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I've I've. Uh, yeah, so uh, old dog died, and we've been talking about getting another one, and I, I have some stipulations. I'm not a big fan of big dogs. I don't hate big dogs. There are a couple of big dog breeds I hate, and uh, I didn't want to get a puppy or anything before winter because it's hard to train and can't win every battle, so yeah. now we have a large <laughs> fucking puppy that I have to deal with shitting in my house and its shit smells so terrible that the second it hits the ground, I can smell it through two closed doors in my office. And, like, within ten seconds. Yeah, ah, that, that dog shit. I know it. So it's kind of like it. baby... It's kind of like baby poop. Oh, it's worse. It's so bad. Just dead, rotting, and giant piles, too. And it's only five months old, I think. And it's up to my knee, the dog is. <laughs> so how like, big is this thing going to get when it's full-grown? I, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. The lab, Labrador size, because it's a Labradoodle. That's, that's big. <laughs> yep. We used to, have, I'm not sure if we were, if we had reconnected when, no, I don't think so, when I had Mitzi, our, our. Oh, I remember Mitzi. Oh, really? Our black Labrador? That was a, that was a good dog. I did not like Mitzi, but I was, I had problems with big dogs when I was little, so I don't like big, I like little dogs. Whatever. Yeah. 
anyway, uh, th- uh, I'm I'm not used to you right now because I'm I am plugging in my uh, Skype machine direct, so I usually have a tiny little Skype window, but I've got you full screen right now. Oh hey, wow, a whole, a whole bunch of Eugene on your computer screen. Yep, just bear with me here. No problem. Just give me a thumbs up if. Uh, I'm just waiting for you to give the Taken speech. I'll find you, and I will... <laughs> but you do have eyes on her. Yes. Oh, okay, I, so she I has not been she... abducted. That, this is all very normal. And, and, and Lucas, our oldest, he brought home some candy in a bag. So I'm like, well, just one piece of candy. I guarantee you it's all completely demolished. <laughs> oh, this is also very normal. I, this mm-hmm. same thing. I, my... I, Call and text and call and text. Nothing. No answer. No response. But the second I don't pick up the phone or something, yeah. where are you? What are where you? Where are you? And then she has to do the, the locate thing. Like, oh, I see where you're at on my phone. And <laughs> oh, I don't have that. No, it's an Apple thing to where it's yeah, it's almost like okay. Um, so yeah, oh, so the so now the dog's the dog's name is what again? Demi. Demi. Demi and. The wife calls her Demi Moore, and the kids call her Demington, and I call her the Demogorgon. And I thought of immediately Demigod. Oh, yeah, there you go. Greased up Italian jazz player. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mm. Many things to many people, I guess, that dog is already. (laughs) Oh, yep. Uh, She's a sweetheart, but she's got to learn where to shit, because that's pissing me off. So is she, how old is this dog? Five months. Five months. So was she, like, trained at all? Was there any training done at all, or not really? I don't know. Uh, it the, the previous owner said that she only had a couple of accidents and was doing good. It's like, I don't think this dog has taken a piss outside yet. It's all it, oh, in the house. Oof. At least we've got her to the hardwood floor now. Like, she just goes over there. But what pisses me off is, I let her outside, she'll stay outside for half an hour, and then walk in the house and immediately shit. It's like, mother. Fuck her. She just, but she has this dopey <laughs> look in her eye. You can tell she's just a puppy. And so it's just a matter of training. You can't get too mad at her. Yeah. Uh, but she's just a puppy, but she's like three times the size of my other dog. She's humongous. So uh, is, are the teeth already in? I, I, I yeah. dog, dog speak. I am, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, the stage she of likes the dog. to chew and okay. she'll like bite on you, but it's just play biting. It doesn't hurt, but it freaks the kids out. Uh, the kids aren't used to such a big dog, so climbing all over them, and uh, I don't know. I told the wife today, I was like, dip, dip. today it uh, discipline begins, because yeah. you've been here for four days, you know that you're probably going to be staying here, you're getting comfortable with us and everything. <laughs> Jumping yeah. up on me, it's, nope, you're done, we're done. So, now it is Eric's discipline time. I'm Eric, yeah. by the way. Oh, hey, <laughs> I'm Eugene. All right. You ready to talk about some movies? Let's please talk about some movies. All right. Let's go to the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And this week on the roulette, it is Oculus up against flesh-eating mothers. And I'm up first. Uh, Oculus. A woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. And, uh, who did this, Mike something? Mike Flanagan? There you go. 
I, this movie is very conflicting for me. It is definitely well made. There's no d- a doubt about that. Especially the editing is very well done because it's flashing back and forth between the present where they try and examine. There's like a demon in a mirror, more or less. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to record or get proof that there's some supernatural shit going on with it in the present time. And then also it flashes back to the past where they were little kids and this mirror possessed the father or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they do a great job on the editing of, well, we're now we're in the past for a while, then we're in the present for a while, and those durations get shorter and shorter until the movie is almost running two mirror plot lines at the same time, telling you exactly what happened while the present is currently happening. Uh, again, kind of repeating history a little bit. And I, the editing was brilliant. I thought that was amazing. Uh, the writing was all good. The scares were definitely there. My biggest issue with this movie is I hated the ending. And I mean, I hated the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem is that when they were setting up this whole deal, I'm trying not to be spoilery, but uh, with their safety thing for the mirror, I knew right away, I was like, Whip! I know what's going to happen there. And then as it was coming time for that to happen, I was like, yep, that's what they're doing. And I thought it was kind of a easy ending to write. I was like, eh, I didn't like that. I thought you could have done something more creative, and I wanted justice. And I always want justice. Uh, but they went for more of a downer ending, and whatever it is, what it is. I still will give this movie a passing grade, uh, because all the technicals were really, really good. But I was, I was so disappointed in that ending. I literally was like, this, oh, the whole movie is, I'm just, nah, I probably won't watch that one again. Um, anyway, there you go, Oculus. Okay. Yeah, I, that, I don't remember, uh, really anything about the movie other than, cause I watched it, um, years ago, and I don't remember anything except, uh, or I, I remember enjoying it for what it was, but then, yeah, the ending, which I don't even remember, but I remember being disappointed in that ending. Uh, we can go spoilers for a minute and I'll tell you the ending. Okay, yeah, please do, cause I, it was, they have that dead weight spike thing hanging on the ceiling and every 30 minutes the timer yeah they have to reach out the timer or that will drop and smash the mirror okay yeah i remember that yep and i was like one of them's dead i I just know one of them's dead and sure enough she's over at the mirror hugging her mother who's dead and he hits the button and right into the girl's neck and he's arrested for murder and uh another reason i knew that was going to happen is because she told her husband that I told him to call me every hour in the hour so we know we're safe. What I told him was that I'm afraid to be out in private with my brother who committed murder, who just got out of prison. Ha ha ha. So I had a reason. And I was like, great. Now the husband is going to tell everybody that she was afraid to be out with him and he killed her. And it's on tape. Like, yep, great. So that was depressing. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember that too. Like, I don't remember that specifically, but I remember it being like, when it when it ended, um, I'm like, oh, come on, really. Uh, having said that, I'm I'm like, I really am for this Mike Flanagan. Like, even the, those kind of somewhat misfires are still competently made, competently acted, and like, there's good parts to those movies. I agree. And when I see his name come up, I'm like, oh, oh okay, I know what I'm probably gonna get. Yep. Agree. Okay, tell me about flesh eating mothers. <sighs> oh, good. Actually, let me see if I made some notes here. Uh, because I was so angry that I actually made notes this time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, okay, so... <laughs> it's right. It's, 
Why would you? So why why did you pick this movie for me, or why did you select this movie? Uh, you gave me uh, you have Amazon Prime, and I do not, and so That's you right, picked a whole bunch of movies off of Amazon Prime that you said, hey, these could make roulettes, and I was like, sure. So I just went down the list, and I'm like, well, he picked them, so he must have done the research on them. Bada bada bada. Here you go, flesh eating mothers. That sounds movie freakery right there. So oh. I feel no pity for your non researching ass. But go ahead and tell me about flesh eating. Oh, it's. I mean, I. Halfway through, not even halfway through, 15 minutes in, I'm like, Art, no way. I can't, I'm not going to do this. I can't do, I cannot watch this thing. But I, then I just like, well, you have to, so just strategize here. How are you going to do this, Eugene? I'm like, well, okay, let's just take it in 15 minute increments until this shit heap is done. And so days, I mean, days of watching this <laughs> Oh, see, I, would, I, would, I just barrel through. Like, we got to get oh. this done as fast as possible. That was today, the, the last movie on the horathon today that I finished up today, I I barreled through. I mean, it was like a stomach flu that I just, just power through this thing. Um, this was a, this was a stomach flu too, but it was like a, a good three or four day long uh, diarrhea fest for me. Good. Oh, this was, this was, let me actually just see what I wrote I was say, down. What year is this? Uh, 1988 feels like 19, 1981, but not in a good way. It's, uh, it's non-actor women that become, it's the whole AIDS thing. They become infected and then it's, it's almost like they were like, how do, how do we try to make a trauma movie? But not like this, because some of those old trauma movies are good. This is, this is terrible on like a, a spiritual level. <laughs> Um, it's like just it's just it's rotten <laughs> in its spirit. <laughs> um, oh, there's zero start zero nothing awful everything. This is just my chicken scratches. This movie can rot in hell for all eternity. One of the worst things to ever get shit out of the eighties. How what, how a turd like this got made and released is beyond me. Avoid at all costs. And then I have here um, side note: uh, light upbeat music subtitles on flesh eating mother. So the whole way through, and I was I I, I did not waste my time on this in the main room I, this was the side the side room and so i have subtitles on because lots of times i can't watch it that loud and especially with the shit that i watch there's lots of swearing so i'm like i don't want to hear the kids to hear it so i always have subtitles on in here just the whole way through was light light upbeat music the, like the subtitle would say light upbeat music would come on the screen as i'm hearing this awful awful light upbeat music it was it was literally like putting needles into my eyeballs, trying to get through this thing. Oh. And <laughs> and the gore was like, these women would like, sometimes they would chew on these rubber arms and it was supposed to be funny. And it, it was awful. It was, it was awful. In fact, I think that this was probably worse than Day of the Dead. It was worse than Day of the Dead and even Tremors, which I loathed. This was the worst roulette I've had this year. Thank you very much, Eric. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, moving on to the next round. <laughs> I, I don't feel the least bit bad. Uh, you Were Never Really Here, 2017. Uh, a traumatized veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is yada 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 Leaf Phoenix. Uh, bad Samaritan. A pair of burglars stumble upon a woman being held captive in a home they intended to rob. Interesting. And lastly, Death Race 4, Beyond Anarchy. This is your safe pick. 
After an attack on an inmate, Frankenstein fails. Whatever. I never even saw Death Race 3, so... Or... Did I see 2? I don't know. Uh, Beyond Anarchy. Oh, and hey, by the way, I'm, uh... uh, I actually watched Bad Samaritan, so go ahead and that other... The other roulette that, um... You had a you had a backup. I'll take the backup, or I'll, I'll like throw that backup my way. I I'm not prepared for that. You said you were good, <laughs> <laughs> so you will get another one off my list. Um, you had said hold the like uh, hold the dark. Yeah. Just, I'm messing this ahead. all up, aren't I? No, go go ahead. Hold the dark. What, what's the synopsis? <laughs> I don't have it pulled up. I, I have uh, all my notes, all neat and tidy. Uh, little. It's the guy from Green Room directed it. It's on yep. Netflix. Yep, that yep. one. Hold there the dark. Go. All right. Okay. Man, that's a lot of safe picks this week. <laughs> yeah, and for you, we've got 14 cameras is up first, and that is uh hour and 30 minutes. Uh, when a family of five rent a beautiful house for their summer vacation, the price seems too good to be true. Unbeknownst to them, the lavish, or the lavacious owner has set up a series of spy cameras and blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. It's, he's a creepy, perverty guy. And Did you see the first one? I have not. Mm-hmm. Have you? Nope. So, there you go. Okay. All right. Uh, next up is The Night Comes For Us. This is, uh, I think this was on the roulette last week. Uh, Ido, a gangland enforcer, caught amidst a treacherous and violent insurrection within his triad crime family upon his return home from a stint abroad. And uh, this is the, I'm not going to butcher this director's name, Timo something. But it looks fantastic. So, there's that. And last, but... I'm sure least, uh, Scorpion King Book of Souls. It is much like the Death Race, whatever. This is part 10 of, or Scorpion King. Oh, it is five. Okay. Uh, teams up with female warrior named Tala, sister, new. Yeah, it's roulette. Scorpion King five. That's all you need to know. I didn't even know. know, I didn't know there was that many. Yeah, that's, I mean, I gave up after The Scorpion King, part one. That was... <laughs> I think I watched part two, and it was just absolutely terrible. No, wait, Don't... maybe I only did watch the first one, because that was terrible. Let's see what this guy's directed. Um, so How long is that one? Uh, that one is, um, uh, let's see here. Hour and, ooh, hour and 42 minutes, so it's longer than an hour and a half. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 okay, um, there you go. I will take, uh, we're almost out of horror-thon here, so I will take The Night Comes for Us. Even though that one's like two hours and 20 minutes or something, I think. It's, yeah, it's a longer one, yeah. Uh, and I will take You Were Never Really Here. <laughs> sure glad we hashed out that extra pick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have texted you, but... Uh, <laughs> well... It's... I prepare for what I can. <laughs> uh, okay. There you go. Next week, or next time on the roulette, it will be You Are Never Really Here and The Night Comes For Us. We always pick similar titles, like long, wordy, or short, or something. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And next week, we, we're going to... Okay, it's time for <clears throat> Part 5 of the 2018 October Horrorthon, and... We will have one more segment of the Horrorthon next episode, because we still have about 30 hours of Horrorthon left, and TJ will be with us next episode to wrap up all things horror. I did an episode with him yesterday, it should be out this week, probably before this episode drops, and it was good, we talked a lot of horror stuff. 
without getting too specific on reviews or anything. But it was a good chat. You'll enjoy it. We, again, talk about you a lot. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've, I've uh, been checking my phone for updates on when the, when that episode gets dropped. I'm very, very interested to listen to that one. I think you'll like it. Good. Uh, okay. Horathon. When we last left off, the score was 45 to 44 me. And the last thing we reviewed, I did Dead Time Stories and you did Dark Breed. Mm-hmm. So we're picking up right after that. And I'm up first. First up, Robo Vampire from 1988. Narcotics agent Tom Wilde is given a second chance at life after being shot and killed. In a futuristic experiment, Agent Wilde is returning to life as an android robot. And on the cover of this, if you look on IMDb, it's Robocop. Very literally Robocop. With some kind of machine gun. Uh, yeah, this was a piece of shit. It basically was like a 80s kung fu movie that's an old school kung fu movie for the first half with some kind of zombie vampire looking, I don't know what, I guess they're vampires, but they could have been zombies. They're doing kung fu and throwing, oh, like shooting bottle rocket kind of stuff out of their hands. They would walk around with their arms straight out like this, and that was their kung fu, shooting light and shit. And then uh, somewhere around the third act, this guy, they put on a silver jacket on him and a silver hoodie. And I guess that's robot parts. Because that's what it looked like. It looked like a coat that they just spray painted with silver. It didn't look even remotely metal or anything. And he goes around and he kind of kills some people and... Awful. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the it's Mystery Science Theater fodder completely it would be great with those guys but <sighs> next how up was the, how was the transfer was it vhs i would assume oh totally vhs quality it was streaming somewhere i don't know yeah. i got it wrote down uh you gonna load for me there page my little buddy there we go the house on sorority row from 1983 after a seemingly innocent prank goes horribly wrong, a group of sorority sisters are stalked and murdered one by one in their sorority house while throwing a party to celebrate their graduation. And this went kind of as expected for the first half, at least as far as people partying on college, at, at college and then a prank goes wrong and somebody ends up dead and we can't call the cops. It's like, you've seen that set up a million times before. But then... Um, it got more interesting after they went into the attic, because I was like, oh, I bet I know what's going on here. We got somebody living upstairs that they weren't supposed to know about, and that's who's really going around doing the killing, the slashing. And I was right. Uh, decent little flick. It wasn't bad. I, I liked the hallucinogenic shit they did kind of in the third act, the mm -hmm. trippy stuff. I yeah. really appreciated that. I hated, I hated the lead bitch of the bitches. The one that was guilty of the prank and everything. I hated her so bad. Whatever. Uh, the House on Sorority Row. I'm glad that, I watched it, though, but it probably just won. Yeah, I, I was. that's one of those that I wanted you to... Uh, kind of a checklist slasher movie. I'm like, it's not the best of the best out there, but it it has this cool little atmosphere. And uh, I, I remember uh, reading or listening to a something... Maybe it was a, my podcast that I listened to, The Hysteria Continues, where they talked about... Uh, the director, I know it was that. The director 
had to reshoot some violent scenes in there because it was pretty much goreless. And even even then, it's not that bloody of a movie, but he had to up the scare violent quote quote quota in that movie. So hmm. I loved the the ending though was I loved that like you said the whole hallucination type stuff. I thought that was great. Yep. So okay, I agree. Over cool. to you. Okay, first up for me is The Unnameable. This is one that, uh, this is actually the first release from Unearthed Films, uh, classics, uh, releasing or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Stephen Biro, the owner of the company, they, this is the American Guinea Pig, uh, company. They're now going to start dipping their, uh, feet into the whole niche titles, like from way back when. And The Unnameable is one of them, and this is one that I grew up on on VHS. I loved this movie uh, way back in the day when I was in my early teens, whatever. It's just this cool creature feature. Storyline is extremely simple and basic. Group of college kids uh, go to this. It's H.P. Lovecraft. I believe it's, yeah, this is an H.P. Lovecraft story. They go to this house that uh, is inhabited by this screaming white demon creature thing. And uh, it has this great atmosphere. It's very low budget. And revisiting it, especially all cleaned up, it looks fantastic. Uh, you definitely can see that, like, there's only a couple sets. And but back in the day when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is a, you know, this awesome creature feature movie. And well, actually, it's pretty small scale, but it does still work for what it is. Uh, and the highlight of the movie is that creature. Because it's like, it's got these hooved feet. And you can tell it's a lady, but it's, oh, it's, it's just this creepy looking thing. Uh, very cool movie. Highly recommend you picking this one up on Blu-ray. There's, I haven't, because I've been just plowing through movies this month, month, I haven't been able to watch the special features on a lot of these discs like I'd like to. But, um, this is one where I cannot believe I did not get this to you to, uh, watch in the stack that I just gave you because I know that you like creature feature movies and this is, that fits the bill. And this is almost in that, in the universe of Reanimator, because the college is Miskatonic University, which is where Reanimator is set. And they're like, so eh, it's kind of, sort of, kind of in the same universe as Reanimator, which that, I like that. Dork Eugene. Um, <laughs> no, I like that too. And I do like creature features, I guess, unless they star a big dog. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is just a screaming. Uh, white hoofed bitch lady thing creature. Awesome. It could still be a dog. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it's, in fact, that one there, when the movie was done, I went upstairs and my wife, my wife was like, what were you watching? She's like, just, just screaming from non, the whole runtime. I'm like, yeah, because this, the, the creature, like, has this high pitched scream that it is just terrifying and it works so well and, it didn't work so well for her, but it for me. <laughs> like a banshee. Yes. Next up, Dracula AD 1972. This is the second to last Christopher Lee Hammer Dracula movie. And I've watched this several times on uh, Standard Definition DVD. Uh, Warner Brothers just re- released this on Blu-ray. And, <clears throat> of course, I, I will buy pretty much anything horror Hammer from back in the day. And this is one that I've been wanting in my collection. The transfer is stellar, and the movie is still just so, so cool. This is borderline love-it-or-hate-it type of thing. Because even for 1972, um, it it was dated when it came out. Because it's very much swinging 60s. So basically, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee are battling way back in the 18th century, whatever. And um, Dracula, of course, in all of these, he gets killed by, by Van Helsing. 
Years later, he comes back from the dead to whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, in this one, they jump to 1972, but it feels like 1968 or whatever, because it is all about hippies doing swingery, cool, bro, you know, groovy daddy, yeah, dude. Not dude, because I don't think they said dude back then. <laughs> Who knows, maybe. But very Austin Powersy, Very, very Austin Powersy. But I... I liked it. The main guy that resurrects Dracula, his name is Johnny Alucard, which is Dracula spelled backwards. I'm like, is that supposed to be a Waka Waka or meh? But it's great. Peter Cushing's great. Christopher Lee is cashing a pay, you know, getting his check cashed for this. I don't care what he's in. He could just be sitting on the shitter back in the day and I would watch it and be happy with it because it's, he's great. Um, what else? Uh, it's great. Uh, I, I like that one. Where would, you, where would you rank that with the other hammers? Uh, you know, I, this one here is right. I would say that I like this one better than at least half of the like the really gothic ones. It's it's got that. It's cheesy, but in the best way possible. Um, I didn't know that you watched Dracula AD. Oh, you gave me all those Dracula hammers last year, didn't you? I, I went through all, like all of them. Uh, you did, yeah. And, no. and that one, I remember. I, I could be wrong because there were so many that I watched so close together, so I'll get them mixed up. But I feel like that was one of the better ones if not my favorite i, I really like it it is cool i quite enjoyed it so anyway there you go those are my first two okay yeah. uh next up is from 2017 ghost stories skeptical professor philip goodman embarks on a trip to the terrifying after finding a file with details of three unexplained cases of apparitions uh, yeah, <clears throat> this was a good movie, and probably the first, I'd have to go back and look, but first really kind of scary movie that I watched uh, in the horror-thon, because it had some good creep-out factor going for it, and I, it, I kind of suspected a couple of things with the wraparound along the way, and I picked up a few things in each of the stories along the way that I, I was noticing consistencies I'm trying, again, not to spoil anything, since it's a more recent movie. Uh, and I I don't want to point them out on the show for somebody who hasn't seen it, because then they'd be like, oh yeah, the, you're right, there are those things everywhere. Uh, <clears throat> but, I, but I never knew what they were going to add up to, until we get to the final bit of wraparound and everything is finally revealed. And I was like, where is this going? Like, I don't know, it was kind of... They didn't give you enough clues to know where this was headed, in my opinion. I'd have to watch it again to fully make that statement, but I feel like there was no way to figure it out, you know, like I'm always trying to do. Uh, and that's I'm, that's not a, a criticism. I'm, I'm just mm -hmm. stating a fact. With the wraparound story, I thought that was really interesting, and the more I thought about it, the more I felt I feel like it worked uh, quite well. Uh, but I, that is something that I'll have to reinvestigate on a repeat viewing. It was it was interesting though. I was like, "Oh shit, that's worth we're doing this." All right, that's uh, <laughs> Bizarro, and yeah, you're gonna have to eat your words on that one, fella, because he's the mind sees what it wants to see. Like, uh huh. Wow. Uh, next up is Transylvania six five thousand. No wait, next up was Oculus. Got that off the list, and then was Transylvania six five thousand. I remember going to mom-and-pop VHS store and always seeing this cover and being fascinated by it, but I never got around to renting it for whatever reason. Uh, so when I came across it in the VHS pile, I'm like, yeah, I'll take that for a dime. Why not? Tabloid reporters Jack Harrison and Gil Turner are sent to Transylvania with two choices, find the Frankenstein monster or find new jobs. 
Uh, this is a comedy horror, by the way. Heavy on the comedy. This is like Mel Brooksy type comedy. So, uh, airplane, very kind of slapsticky and silly and puns and um, it stars Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis is in here as half naked vampirella throughout the whole thing and yeah, this was a fine, easy watch. Uh, would I give it a huge thumbs up? Probably not, but I chuckled at some of the stuff and. It's like, all right, I finally checked that one off the list. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. I wonder what you'd think about it. I really do. Yeah, I'd probably give it a watch. It's, uh, isn't it like PG? That's probably a easy, breezy, maybe with my wife sometime movie. Although she doesn't much care for 80s movies. Yeah, I don't think your wife would like it. I mean, it's PG, but it's 1985 PG. Uh-huh. I'll read you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. Okay. Back to you. Um, next up for me is What Have They Done to Your Daughters? This is the kind of sort of sequel to What Have They Done to Solange? This is a Jalo from 1974. And, uh, this is, it, uh, unlike Solange, which is much more of a Jalo slasher, this is, it has elements of that, but it's a little bit more of a crime thriller with, uh, you know, the Polizia. This is a great movie. I think I would prefer Solange a little bit more because of the slasher aspect of it, but uh, the storyline on this one, which is... I want to be a bit vague on this because this is actually one that I'd like you to watch sometime. Sure. Uh, police investigate apparent suicide of a teen girl and uncover details of uh, shady goings-ons with other girls in the small you know, Italian town they're in, and uh, there's this black leather-clad black-gloved motorcycle guy that is doing motorcycle things in town. It's cool. It's... Ah, I like it. And it's got kind of sort of pew-pew music. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very, very well made. Uh, especially, like, I went in thinking, okay, and cool Jalo movie, and it wasn't that. So I was like... Uh, I was like, come on, let's get in with the the slashing and every now and then they would but the storyline was good enough and it's it's a pretty heavy movie with the subject matter that they're dealing with it's and how it's presented it's it's really uncomfortable so very good movie big thumbs up on that one um that's one that I've been wanting to watch for years and I'm glad that Arrow finally released that on Blu-ray cool uh so and then flesh eating uh bullshit was next which I reviewed that so that's off the list um, uh, next up is... Hold on, hold on. I almost wrote down flesh-eating bullshit. Hold on a sec. <laughs> uh, give me one sec. They left... I, I, niece just left, I gotta close the door and get this other kid a drink. Just, just... Alright. Good spot for, for me to edit. Okay. I'm coming, buddy. Here's where I normally would talk about another movie, but literally... Uh, I have not watched anything non-horror. It has been straight-up horror. Other than Guy's Grocery... Something? Because uh, we've got the Food Channel now, so it's Guy's Grocery Grab or Grocery... But it's contestants running around with shopping carts, throwing all sorts of crazy shit in their carts, and making food in 30 minutes, and Guy Fieri's being very blonde, and frying stuff up and he's making wise cracks and it's waka waka and uh, it's every now and then there's a heartfelt moment because someone's 
donating or whatever it's going to a charity and it's because of this and this and wah and uh, uh, but uh, the last episode was I, he made them have g- gummy bears or whatever in their food I'm like really come on that's fairly stupid and um, you know and then the, even the judges were like well I can't taste any gummy bears in this it was like you know, good why would you why in the world would you want to taste gummy bears in your chicken uh whatever chicken dish with pasta like of course you don't want to taste that but they were they reduced it down and they were doing some sort of a i don't know why am i ugh, back to movies oh what else uh man that's just been guy fieri i mean that's closing out the night every night is guy fieri other than the one night where i <laughs> i started the new uh, castlevania show and we <laughs> so i started watching the first episode with 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 my wife and um about let's say twenty minutes in, I fell fast. <laughs> I fell fast asleep, and uh, <laughs> my wife angrily woke me up about five minutes later. As credits for first episode were ending, like it's that show's over now. Can we please go to bed? And you, can you turn that off, please? Because it's the uh, yeah the uh, horror anime Castlevania you see with all sorts of demonic, satanic, crazy awesomeness and. <laughs> Me fast asleep, and my wife enjoying it by herself, you see. Uh, so, after that, then we were like, let's just stick with uh, with Guy Fieri and his grocery grab diner, whatever. But, yep, doesn't matter what it is. It, you know, once 11 o'clock hits, I turn into Pumpkinhead, and I'm sound asleep. It doesn't matter what awesome shit I'm watching or what lame running around with grocery carts I'm watching. I'm done. Fast, fast asleep. And, uh, yeah, that was, hmm, good times. Leave Demi outside. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It's just, Corbin just woke up from nap, and it's just easier to go deal with him. He's like a psycho when he wakes up. He's like, where am I? Who's, where is, what's going on? Like, he doesn't have any clue what's yeah. happening. So it's like, just take two minutes and get him settled, and he's going outside to play with all the kids. And the dog pissed a gallon of piss all over the floor, so <laughs> throw a towel down on that and threw her outside. Yep. Bitch. <laughs> she oh. literally is one. Okay. Flesh eating bullshit. What's yes. next? Okay. And which was flesh eating mothers, if you didn't know. Yes, and, yes. Uh, next up is Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. I love part five so much. I'm like, I should squeeze one more Friday the 13th in this month uh, because all of those are better than nearly every Halloween movie. And I would much prefer watching Friday the 13th, one through six, or even seven. Or, and then the new line Jason ones versus almost every Halloween movie. Part four is, it's, I, some of these are like splitting hairs for me, but this is such a great entry. Uh, it's less cheesy than part three. This is the one where uh, Crispin Glover, it's less cheesy than part three, and this is the one where Crispin Glover does his complete moronic dance in. So there's that. Um, this is the one where Jason is... Um, Starting to become a little bit, little bit more zombie-ish than hillbilly-ish, and this I like... the lightning one. No, that's part six. Mm. Uh, but uh, Joseph Zito directed that. He also directed the Prowler, and this has Corey Haim or Corey Feldman. Sorry, Corey Feldman as young Tommy Jarvis. Uh, just the cast works so well together. Even the the teens that you don't much care for, like the the guy that keeps on saying to Grispin Glover, you're a, you're a dead fuck. And he's doing his, let's punch it into Teddy's computer. Now your computer doesn't lie. You're a dead fuck. Like, haha, Yeah, it's, it's funny. It is. 
Um, but uh, Crispin Glover's I I love seeing Crispin Glover in this movie because it's like why are you in a Friday the Thirteenth movie? You're I love it. I I love everything about the movie. Tom Savini's back for the special effects, and you can tell. Uh, I believe that the MPAA was a little bit more lenient on this one than ones after this, just because it was the final chapter. So they're like, well, good, thank God, we're done with these movies, so let's get out of our way. But um, then Part 5 came along, and they chopped that to bits. But I I adore Part 4. It has a little bit more of a gothic feel. Um, Harry Manfredini's score is great. I, I love Part 4. I love them all. They're all great. Um, okay, is this next the one up- where he uh, buries a machete in Jason's head and it chips his, hel- his face mask? Uh, it, this is the one where Tommy, yeah, he buries a machete in his face and then uh, Jason slides down slowly, like his head slides down the blade. It's so good and gross, and I love that. I love it. Um, I actually do think that I would prefer 5 over this one just because of how wacky part 5 is. This one here is way more competently made than than actually most of the, the old school Paramount Friday the 13th. This one here is, this one and 6 seem to have the most polish on them. So anyway, I, I am still going to go on a tear. I know I probably won't be in the horror thon, but I'm still going to go through a bunch of those again. They're they're so good. The older they get, the better they get to me. Uh, un, again, unlike the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Halloweens, and even some of those Hell- Hellraiser movies, those first six, and even even Part Seven, the John Carl Beekler one, uh, it's it's best borderline PG thirteen. But even including that, Manhattan sucked. But the first six, maybe seven are just classic slasher 80s cinema, and I love them. I love that none of them really stray from the formula that works, and they're, the music is all the same, and it's it's just my comfort food. It's my happy place. Scotch likes them, too. No, and it's, it's taken me a couple of years, but I've really come around on them. I mean, I don't think I ever outright hated them. <laughs> I know what the problem is. The problem is that when Corbin got up from his nap, he stood up, got off the couch, and when he does that, he pushes the couch back far enough that the dog can look out the fucking window. And when the dog looks out the window, then he sees things. <sighs> Here Ooh, goes our freak. <laughs> Interruption freaks. <laughs> what else about Friday the 13th Part 4? Um... Uh, this is the one where the the lead in it in the end he's in the basement and Jason starts hacking away at him. He's like he's killing me, and for some reason that always yep. uh, was looking just out the window. But oh, real okay. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that in part four is the one where the uh, the guy it, towards the end of the movie uh, he's in the basement. Jason's hacking away at him, and uh, the guy goes, "He's killing me!" And I always like it should be cheesy, but it actually comes across as very morbid for some reason. And yeah. Jason was very imposing in this one. Like, he wasn't potato... He wasn't the mutant kid of part one. He wasn't potato, potato sack kid, hillbilly Jason part two. And part three, he was... Jason was coming into his own in part three. Like, half potato sack head, and then he got the mask from Telly. But part four is where he's like, okay, this shit just got real. Like, now that, I'm... And that's probably the run I'm gonna do is four, five, six. Oh, the, the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Yeah. Because I've only seen that once or twice, but okay. so I'm, I'm least familiar with those. They're so good. Okay, and that's it. Back to you. All right. Next up for me, another VHS, uh, The Entity from 1982. 
A woman played by Barbara Hershey is tormented and sexually molested by an invisible demon. No, yeah, that's uh, kinda. I would say a woman is um, violently raped by an invisible force. Yes, for over and over and over throughout the movie, and it it didn't have to go that long and show that much. It's not that the the any rape is bad, but it's not that they were like, um, irreversible or something like that, but it's like, it just it kept happening and nobody's believing her, and they set up all the cameras to try and prove it, and then it happens, and this is a wild movie. I feel like they could have cut a good 20 minutes out of it, though, and got to the point a lot quicker. And instead, it's like, no, no, we just want to keep showing this happening to her over and over and over again to really build up the horror within you. I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. Maybe it's just 1982... Uh, filmmaking or something. I don't know. I, it, it struck me as very weird and uncomfortable. And then at the very end, they're like, yep, this is based on a true story. And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> weird. Um, anyway, the entity. Uh, next, I watched another VHS and my big, beautiful Warner clamshell Twilight Zone, the movie. And we've all seen this one before. Uh, this, But this is one of those anthology movies that I'm like, I think I've seen that. Then I go watch it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it all comes storming back. And it's it's pretty good. I, I, it's not my favorite anthology by a long stretch, but it's interesting. And it's really weird to know that, oh, this is the last thing that guy made because yeah. he died. Yeah. Like, making it. Yep. Who was it, Vic Morrow? Yeah, that was, and they even like, filmed it. Like, that's it's on film. That scene. It's, it's not it was, in the movie, though, is it? No, no. Yeah. But, yeah, that put a damper on everything, but I still really enjoy the second and third uh, segments on that movie. Even the first one's good. It's just knowing that, it's kind of icky. Yeah. And racist. Yeah, very. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah. Good movie, though. I like it. Yeah, I do, too. Okay, back to you. Uh, Zombie Lake from 1981. Jean Rollin, a French filmmaker who's made... Uh, some good movies. Uh, the Grapes of Death is pretty good, I believe. Um, this is notorious for being one of the worst zombie movies ever made. Uh, and it's on Amazon Prime. And I'm like, well, why not? Uh, I haven't seen this. And this is kind of a rite of passage. Like, Now that I've seen it, I'm like, I understand why. If you're into this type of schlock, you should watch it once. Just because it is... Oh, it's bad. Uh, small village in France. I'm not going to spend much time on it. Uh, France... These German soldiers start coming out of the lake there, um, and they look kind of like Kermit the Frog because they're green. They're like, well, you're skinny Shreks. And it's, oh, it's such awful makeup, and it's not gory. That's the movie's biggest flaw. It's like, it's chock full of nudity. Like, I mean, there's a lot of naked flesh, but I want to see that flesh being ripped to shreds, and it's not in there. And, like, oh, this could, this would have been... I would have just been slobbering all over this movie, but instead it's like, come, okay, let's, I guess let's get to the next nudie scene because all these skinny Shrek Kermit the Frog guys are just, they were just wandering around in Nazi uniforms and sucking on girls' necks, cut the next scene. I'm like, come on, rip that flesh open. I want to, come on, I want to see red paint. It's <laughs> not, it doesn't happen. It does not happen, but it, boy, for 90 minutes. Oh, and then there's the one German soldier that was killed back by the times people years ago in World War II. Like, he actually fathered a girl in this town, and so he finds the girl, and so they reconnect as zombie father and French girl daughter, and 
some amulet that they keep showing, and it, uh, it's the same music over and over, and it just goes on and on and on. But this is this is like Oscar caliber compared to flesh eating mothers. Like this, I'm like this is great compared to that. Sure. What do you think they're thinking when they're on set making this movie? I mean, at some point you got to go, well, this is a piece of shit, right? But or, or are they just like super passionate? Like, yeah, we're doing it, man. We're making a movie. I, I mean, th- I mean, John Rowland, he's made a lot of movies. So I don't know what happened here. It it has a kernel of a good idea. And boy, that cover back in the big box VHS days, I was just, I just loved that cover. I'm like, that looks so cool. And it's... No, very misleading cover. It's, nope, it's face, it's green dollar fifty at the dollar store face paint that they smeared on their faces and, oh, 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 oh. anyway, yeah, Zombie Lake. Um, next up, here we go. The Haunting of Hill House. This is the new Netflix show from Mike Flanagan. I burned through all ten episodes of this and uh, I will I will go out on a limb here and say that this is some of the finest television I've ever watched. It is first and foremost a dark family drama and basically the uh, the repercussions of of a past that should have gone a different way. Uh, this couple move into this home to renovate the home, uh, the home being Hill House, and they've got five kids and the whole show like for all 10 episodes we jump from and each episode they they all take their time with each character gets their own show pretty much to where here is what happened back in the day when they were a kid and now here's where their life is now and here's how everything is converging into this this horrific thing and it is it is so good once it hits episode five and six that it's that's its peak and that is i think it's episode Five is the scariest, and then six is the best made. And six, the way they do it, I I am a I'm a sucker for long, long takes done right. And that that episode, I'm like, how did they do that? It is wonderful. It is wonderful. There's every episode has at least one really good jump scare, but this is not overtly gory or anything like that. And it's not really it's not overtly scary either. It, it has enough scares that. This is a horror, and no, this is a horror series, but it's not the be all end all of all things scary. But it is fantastic, and I've come around on the ending. I'm not going to spoil the ending, by the way. But uh, a lot of people I've saw online were kind of like, "Nah, the ending gets a bit schmaltzy, whatever." And it does a little bit, but in hindsight, it I like the fact that this is wrapped up. They they don't have to make any more seasons if they don't want to. It is its own thing. Start to finish, no cliffhangers, it's done. And I really appreciate that. That I don't have to wait for another season. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I literally, I teared up numerous times in the uh, last episode. I'm like, oh, here we go, here comes the waterworks. This is, uh, I wasn't expecting this. But you get to know the characters so well through this entire arc that you care about these characters and you want to see how, how things come to fruition. It's so... Excellent. It's so great. I cannot recommend this enough. And um, this makes The Haunting from John DeBont, that terrible 90s piece of shit. I, I will never watch that movie again, ever. That movie is dog shit awful. This is the one to watch. There. <laughs> well, uh, you know, for the 
safety of, of my co-host, I just so everybody knows, I did have him texting me on the regular when he started this show because I didn't want him, you know, like everybody else on the internet who is throwing up and passing out and, yeah. you know, hitting their heads while watching this show. Uh, I want to make sure you were okay. Yeah. I, come on. There was, I mean, there was a couple genuine, holy shit, that was, it was just a really well-placed jump scare or something, or just a creepy part, but it's like, maybe it's just because we're jaded, but I'm like, this is, yeah, it's scary, it's creepy, but I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm not puking in my lap or, you know, shitting myself over this. It's, <laughs> I'd say it scared the shit out of my dog, but no, hey, he does that. She does that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's my highest recommendation. It's it's fantastic. Anyway, there you go. Back to you. Okay. Uh, I didn't mean for these to line up quite this way, but it did. I can review two movies kind of with the exact same review. And that would be Scanners 2, The New Order, and Scanners 3, The Takeover. Uh, in Scanners 2, a scanner discovers a plot by renegade elements of the city... Uh, government to take power with the help of evil scanners. Uh, now, the first Scanners movie is good, but it's not great. It's mostly just because of that one great head explosion. Um, there's some cool scenes in it and whatever, but it, for the most part, it's just okay. I kind of I haven't I haven't watched it in quite a while though, so I don't I probably shouldn't make this statement, but. I kind of feel like I liked Scanners 2 and 3 a little better than the first Scanners. They're enjoyable. It's They're not great by any stretch, but guys run around and they use telekinesis and they blow up some heads here and there and somebody has sex with somebody and cycle repeat. And then they beat up the bad guys who are always doing some kind of mad scientist-y type things or t- trying to control the world through television, and it, which makes no sense, but they do it anyway. And then you, you just kind of chuckle and like, hey, all right, that's Scanners. <laughs> Part two was the one with the long-haired guy, like... Yeah. Wasn't there, like, okay, yeah, I thought so. I think... I'm not sure if it was him, but I think that might have been the same guy from uh, Creep Show 2 in the first segment, Old Chief Woodenhead. Was that the same um, guy? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I bet it was. Looked very similar, and that was right around the same time, I believe, that, that they were made. But I really like Scanners 2. Scanners 3, I remember, they kind of went a little too wacky in Part 3, if I'm I not mean, mistaken. I yeah. haven't seen it in a long time. I basically am cleaning house on Shout Factory TV, is what I've been doing. Now, okay. I've, I've pretty much wiped out everything on there. Uh, same with... Uh, 2B TV, all these free ones where it's, it's great background. I know there's commercials in it, but it doesn't bother me that bad because it's just background while I'm working. But, uh, yeah, not bad. I was surprised that I enjoyed them uh, as much as I did. And I'm going to do one more quick one here because it was right about this time <laughs> that we changed the rules of what constitutes a horror movie. Mm. And we never got around to bringing it up on the show. I've been meaning to bring it up all freaking month because I was like, uh, should we keep it to just IMDb? Because IMDb is not God. Why is it that there are things on my streaming service that are listed under the horror genre, but those don't count? Or if I type it into Google, it pops up and says horror, but it doesn't count because IMDb doesn't say it. And right about that time, you texted me and said, so, can we talk about what constitutes a horror? And we had that whole conversation, mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, that's fine. I agree. If you can, if you can find it listed as horror on something reputable, fine. Uh, and so I had to go back to October 10th because I watched a movie that was listed as horror, 
but was not listed as horror on IMDb. So I'm going to retroactively count that movie because I did watch it in October. And that movie is also very, 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 very important to me for a different reason. I've been talking about trying to find this underwater movie <laughs> on this show for over 200 episodes now. And I think we've talked about it at least 20 times. I found the movie. This is it. Are you ready for the title? <laughs> Let me have it. Lords of the Deep. The ultimate underwater adventure. Man has finally conquered the ocean. America's first self-contained undersea laboratory is the pride of the nation, and expectations are high for an elaborate undersea mining operation. Sound familiar? 1989. This was right about the same time all those underwater movies, like you know, The Abyss and Deep Star Six. and Leviathan. Leviathan. The Rift, yeah. Yep, but here was this one, and ugh, there are even glowy, shiny aliens in it, underwater, and... I mean, the movie's a piece of shit, but I've been looking for it for 30 years, and finally, it has that scene that I always remembered at the end, where they go in their little uh, bubble submersible and go to the aliens, and then they pop out, and then they're in this bright, orangey, spongy, cushiony-looking thing. What is interesting, though, is is how um, memory can be tricky. For example, in my memory, the ship, came, the door opened from the left side of the screen, and they walked out into the spongy orangeness, walking to the right. And in the movie, it was reversed. It was the scene. I know it was. But it's just weird that it was mirrored for me. I, I don't... Uh, that's just the way your memory can play tricks on you. Uh, but then again, I watched it when I was eight, ten years old. So... Who knows? On a black and white TV, I think. Well, no, it would have had to been the color one in the living room because I remember the orange very specifically. Uh, but there you go. It's just an Abyss ripoff, and it looks like that cheap Corman movie, except with no blood. What was that one? Uh, Corman did one like that. Yeah, I think that was a Corman one. What was it? Oh, you, uh, you mean the underwater thing or an alien type uh, thing? The underwater thing. Oh, well, he did... He, I'm not sure if he was a part of the... No, the Rift was... Uh, Maybe it is the, the Rift I'm thinking the piece, of. The Pieces director, J.P. Okay. Simon. But it had a very Corman-esque feel to yeah. it. And so did this, just without the blood and guts and whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> but there it is. It was on Shout Factory TV. If you want to go spend an hour and 17 minutes watching something I looked for for 30 years, you can do that. Nah, I actually might. Uh, I love those 80s It's not good, movies. but it fits right in that, <clears throat> that group of films. Yeah. Cool. All right, back to you. Uh, next up is Upgrade. Have you had a chance to watch Upgrade yet? No, I didn't know it counted as a horror movie. Yes, it does. At least IMDb says it does. Oh, that's all that. That's fine. As long okay. as you got one spot. I, I um, no, I would have watched that, but I, <laughs> yeah, I totally thought that was just going to be like sci-fi thriller or something. And it is, but there is a couple. Yeah, it, I guess there's some horror-ishness to it. I'm not going to spend too much time because you haven't seen it and. Uh, this one here falls num probably into number four of my favorite movies of the year. I loved, loved this movie. This is from uh, Leah Winnell. He's the writer of Saw and um, actually several Saw movies and Insidious. It directed one of the Insidious movies, I believe. Um, Ex Machina meets... Uh, 
Terminator, maybe. I don't want to say too much. It is so cool and well-made, and it's a low-budget-ish type movie, but I think, like, the budget was maybe $5 million. It feels better than that. Like, wow. And the whole way through, I'm like, oh, Eric's going to love this. Eric's going to love this. This is such an Eric Marner movie. Such an Eric Marner movie. Sci-fi-ish, and it's got some gore in it, and the action is ass-whipping. A guy basically is out for revenge and robot-y stuff, and that's all I'm going to say. It is, <laughs> it is great. It is great. I loved it. Uh, in very inventive use of robotic type stuff. I'm trying to be vague here. Robotic type I, I stuff. I saw the and, trailer. I get what you're okay. saying. And just even the camera movements and whatnot. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I uh, can't wait to watch that one again. That was a blast. In fact, I was. It, it's a bit heavy in the subject matter, but there's so much action and cool shit going on that it's. Oh, so good. Um, okay, next up, The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Hey, can you guess where this movie was made? <laughs> Italy? Uh, maybe. Yes. Uh, 1972. Uh, this is the second time I've watched this movie. Um, the first time I was like, huh, I, that made almost no sense. I couldn't follow this movie at all. So let's watch it again, and maybe it will make more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. Um, two sisters <laughs> in a castle, string of murders, and one of them is wearing a red cape, and she has to kill. Ha, you guessed it seven times. Uh, the twist makes sense, I guess, with what came before it, but just the way the way the movie unfolds, and just there's so many characters in this movie, it's it's hard to follow, and it should not be hard to. I mean, I get it. A lot of these old Jalo movies, they. They want a twisty, turny plot, but there's so much going on in this movie that it it kind of buries the main gist of the movie down to where I'm like, I can't quite follow this movie. I, I get what it's going for, and it's got that atmosphere. The music's pretty cool, has a couple of good kills, but it could have been much better than it is. It, I let you, I gave the Blu-ray to you, so yes. you should check it out sometime, but keep I will. your expectations. This is by no means is this Argento deep red quality. This is lesser. It's just too complicated and confusing for my brain. (laughs) (sighs) Back to you. Okay. Speaking of things we have sat through this month, Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre. Action, adventure, comedy. Directed and written by the legendary Jim Wynorski. When a fracking accident rips apart the Earth's crust, the resulting hole lets out prehistoric sharks from underground. The sharks target a group of women and trap them in a cabin. (sighs) Eugene, (laughs) if I say you're going to watch Jim Wynorski joint, what general kinds of things do you expect to see in in there? I expect, immediately I expect um, breast implant nudity women, uh, I expect uh, really bad, well, old school Wynorski would be really cool but fake gore, but new Wynorski I would accept, uh, I would expect really fake CGI gore and short runtime and hilarity MST3K type stuff. You, you would think, you would think, how about an hour and 24 minutes of basically a PG Jim Wynorski? But not that CGI gore, none. Uh, and you've got your 
big breast uh, Dominic Swain, Tracy Lords, Christy. <laughs> you've got your big breasted women in here, but no nudity. And I don't even think they cuss. I think there were times in the movie where they're like, people would get killed and they're like, holy crap! And stuff like that. I mean, not rated. (laughs) I'll watch it if you watch Flesh Eating Mothers. (laughs) I was so angry watching this movie. Uh, Towards the end, they find a whole bunch of guns to take out these sharks. And... They start pulling them out of the closet and handing them to them, each, each other. And you can see that they're exactly the same kind of plastic guns that we spray painted the orange off of. You can, you can, some of it's rubbed off and you can see the end is a little orange. They all sound <laughs> plasticky. And they keep pointing the barrel of the gun towards the camera so that you can see it's not hollow. It's completely closed off. It's a fake. It's completely, it's plastic. And then they, eh, 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 it's shooting my gun, eh. I will say this, though. There, here's one positive, because this movie might get one point from me. In the first half of the movie, when they had the sharks, like, in the swamp, bog, whatever, swimming around in three inches of water, but they're 12-feet-long sharks, whatever, uh, the CGI was really good. Like, I was like, holy shit, that looks really good. But then after that, I mean, they started going into land, and it was it was tremors. It was like, I don't know how they can swim in dirt now, but they can. Whatever. Uh, there was a lot of the regular kind of Jim Wynorski writing that you're used to. Like, for example, a couple guys hunting in the woods and they get out of the truck and they are, they're wearing really thick, heavy coats. And they're like, whew, man, <sighs> that sun's really beating down today. It's going to be a hot one. And it's like, you're all, you're all wearing winter clothes. <laughs> I, why? I don't, okay, okay, whatever, fine. And then later, uh, it's the Sharkinsaw Women's Prison has to take a busload of women out to go work in the woods, swamp, whatever. And the guards are all wearing long sleeves and long pants. And the women are all wearing very short shorts and tank tops. And they get out and they're like putting on the, the men are putting on coats and they're like, whoo, going to be a scorcher today. Girls remember to stay hydrated. It's like, As you're putting on a furry winter coat. Great. Amazing. I'm bitching about the weather in a Jim Wynorski movie. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You are. And I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm lapping this all up. It was complete shit. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, it would have been tolerable if they would have had that Jim Wynorski old school stuff of give me some gore and give me some nudity, whatever. You know, just that stupidity that he does. Mm-hmm. But none of it was there other than the fucking stupid, tarted dialogue that just, oh, it was so dumb. Uh, uh, no. But it counts. <laughs> it counts. Oh, it counts. And it may say action, adventure, comedy on IMDb, but it says horror on Shout Factory TV. I was horrified. <laughs> Next up is one I've never heard you talk about before, uh, but it has Virginia Madsen in it, so I was like, eh, what the hell, I'll give it a chance. From 1987, Zombie High. Have you ever seen this movie? I have not. You should. This has Eugene written all over it. This was so full of Eugene 80s shit music that you love with the stupid ass songs. Oh my, just that uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2. You like, oh, you need to watch this movie, sir. 
A woman goes to a previously all-male boarding school on a scholarship. She begins to separate from her boyfriend in order to devote more time to her new environment. More like he's a psychopath, and she's she's he's like, you're going to break up with me, you're going to break up with me, you're going to break... And she's like, no, I'm not, what the hell? And then, like, the next day, she's he's, like, right up in her face stalking her, like, he, who's that? Who's that guy you're talking to? It's a professor that I, I'm at school... It, Okay, back off. You're being weird now. Maybe I don't want to be with you anymore. See, I told you. See, it was like, oh, shut the hell up. What is wrong with this dude? But then, about the halfway mark, we start getting into what's going on at this... Uh, it says zombie high, but wouldn't it be college? I thought it was a college. Maybe it's a high school. At any rate, uh, how much do I want to give away about what's going on here? The faculty... There's a certain amount of the faculty that are not what they seem, and they are using mm, stuff from the students to feed themselves in a certain way. And this was an entertaining movie for a 1987 uh, type of flick. Uh, That being said, 1987, it's a little slower, you gotta hang with it for a little bit, but in the end, I think that you would like this movie. I don't think it was really a gore fest or anything, but it just, I was like, ah, that was a pretty cool premise. And I, I dug the outcome in the third act where, uh, some prosthetics come into play. I was like, ah, all right. Yeah. Not bad. Counts as one. Back to you. Okay. I'll definitely need to check that one out. Definitely. I know which one you're talking about, but I have not seen that one. And it sounds like it's right up my alley. Yep. Uh, next up for me is Livid. This is from Alexandre Bastillo, he's the director of Inside, the really, really gory oh. uh, French movie from about 10 years ago. So this is his uh, 2011 um, kind of sort of haunted house type movie uh, that is actually a, quite a good movie. This one here does not have a Blu-ray release uh, in the States. Uh, so I imported the UK Blu-ray release and um, it looks stunning. The, the, the visuals in this movie are so, so good. Uh, this is kind of a home invasion type movie where basically these, uh, these three young French, uh, college kids break into this house because money and whatever, you know, the drill. And, uh, upon breaking in, they realize that things are not all as they seem. They're trapped in this house and there is some very, uh, witchy, demony. I'm vague. I'm, I don't want to be vague here in case uh, listeners haven't seen this because I can't believe that this movie has not gotten some sort of a release over here because this is really good. My only gripes with the movie are the three main characters are unlikable. So that's big, big strike. I, I kind of understand um, they are breaking into a house, so they're obviously not going to be the greatest people ever, but some of their character motivations are like, I just, I'm like, I want to like, even if you're kind of an anti-hero type, I want to like you more. And the ending is really, really French. Like, <laughs> like, oh, you Frenched out on that one. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's like the movie was going on and it just stopped. It went to black and white. There's a guy smoking a cigarette and Finn. a croissant and Finn. <laughs> uh, and I, I, part of me, appreciated like the even the visuals of the end were like that was cool and kind of trippy but um it was like okay i didn't make a whole lot of sense and i had read some reviews where it's like oh this movie doesn't make any sense and like the whole way through i'm like this is very very straightforward three people break in 
bad shit's going on in the house. They're trying to escape. There you go. And that is, that's the movie. Uh, boy, the visuals in this movie are so cool. And there's not much gore, but the gore that is in there, because this is the guys that made, uh, inside, yeah. which is extremely gory. The gore towards the end is, whew, it's brutal gory, but man, that ending is so, what? What were you thinking? Uh, so I, I had to, because of the acting or the characters and the, the weird ending, I docked at a star. If they would have got both of those right, this would have been a total gem. As it is, it's definitely worth watching. And the quote-unquote mother of the house is the thing of nightmares. That's all I'll say about that. Um, okay, next up is The Suspicious Death of a Minor. Uh, oh, hang on to your shorts. Here we go. Uh, 1975, this is from director Sergio Martino. Of a, Act- a, of a minor or yes. a minor? Minor, like kid. Okay. Um, or underage. Uh, Sergio Martino made one of the greatest giallo slashers of all time uh, with uh, Torso. I love Torso. In fact, I let you borrow uh, Hands of Steel, the Code Red Blu-ray, which is hilarious and awesome and cheesy in all the best ways. This is his last giallo. I think this is his last giallo that he did. It is... It is, without a doubt, the worst Jalo I have ever watched. I I dare you to watch this thing. It is... No. It's it's like they decided, okay, so I'm not going to get into the plot because it the, the plot is in the movie title. There you go. Um, but the, the detective guy in this, he he's a kind of a comedian type. And so everything is... They're playing this movie for laughs. Um and heavy on the police, heavy on the laughs, lack thereof. Uh, they all drive around in Mr. Bean cars and do Mr. Bean car chases. And like, I was, I was waiting for Mr. Bean music and, and I got it. It's got some stupid Mr. Bean music. And then I'm just waiting for someone to ask the main detective guy, like, hey, what are you doing here? What's your name? I was just waiting for him to go, Bean. <laughs> I was just waiting for like Bean to show up and he, oh, I hated their cars in this movie. I hated them. They're like little, Pieces of shit, Mr. Bean cars that should, like, you should be pedaling them. There should be pedals in these cars. And the car chases should just be, you know. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. I was so angry that I spent, <laughs> that I spent, like, 18 bucks on this at the exchange. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, but it's Arrow. I'm like, I can't get rid of it. I can't because it might be worth money someday in the year 3000. And, oh, it's. Oh my, one time the car like speeds by a, a passerby and the guy falls down, but he kind of lands on his head and he does like a break dance thing where his head, like he's spinning on his head and then he hops back up. Haha, <laughs> waka waka. And then for some reason the car circles back and does the same thing and he like kind of sort of hits the guy again and he falls down and does the same thing. He's on his head again doing a Michael Jackson, like or doing a, some 80s break dance thing. This is in the 70s. I, I, I was furious. I'm like, really? <laughs> Why? Why are you doing that? That's waka waka fuzzy bear not funny. Oh, I, like, it, it wasn't as bad as flesh-eating mothers, but this was... Shame on you, Sergio Martino. Shame. You're... Shame. Sell Back it. to you. Sell it. <laughs> uh, okay. Another one Eugene has been waiting decades for me to review from 1981. Cannibal Ferox. Yay. Uh, three friends out to disprove cannibalism meet two men on the run who tortured and enslaved a cannibal tribe to find emeralds, and now 
The tribe is out for revenge. Hold on a sec. Hello? No, you have the wrong number. Hi, Mr. O'Connor. <laughs> nope. It was restricted. That's why I answered it. No, I thought it yeah, could be a... stuff. Uh, did I get the whole synopsis out? Oh, uh, no, huh? Three friends out to disprove cannibalism meet two men on the run who tortured and enslaved a cannibal tribe to find emeralds, and now the tribe is out for revenge. What is it with these cannibal movies, dude? Where they're like, Hey guys, I got an idea! Now, now hear me out. It's gonna sound crazy, but just hear me out. Let's get a group of our friends together. Let's go into the jungle. Let's find some cannibals. Or, let's prove that there are no cannibals. Eh? Right? Okay. But we gotta be careful, because they might be cannibals. You know, and cannibals eat people, might eat us, you know, outsiders. Let's just be cautious. Fast forward a couple of months in the jungle, sweating it out, and there's one! Quick, rape it! Rape it as fast as you can! Cut its dick off! <laughs> Here, do some more blow! Ah! Emeralds! And let's enslave this... T- what is... What? <sighs> this movie was okay, but uh, I might like a cannibal movie better if... Or I might find it actually horrifying... If I cared about the characters, maybe? As it was, I'm on the side of the cannibals in this movie. I... Yeah. <laughs> oh, cut his dick off. Sure. Chomp it down. Eat his liver. Whatever. I've had no pity for these people whatsoever. Um, am I... Am I did I miss anything? Am I wrong in my analysis there? Or? No, that's correct. I love... Okay. I, I, I adore Cannibal Ferox. That's one of my... That's one of my favorite movies. Because of that. I... The, Characters are despicable, but great, and they all get their comeuppance so beautifully. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's why the movie's not that horrifying, because it's like, I kind of want to cut his dick off. Like, <laughs> just because he's such an asshole. That's, um, and that's, by the way, that's Giovanni Lombardo uh, Ridice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's awesome. I, he's- I fully believe that there was no simulated coke use in this movie. It was oh. real deal, baby. Oh, yeah, that had to have been real. <laughs> That dude was blown out of his mind. Oh, I, do you remember the line where he someone confronts him? He goes, "Back off, motherfucker!" or something like. I I I love that line so so much. many times. <laughs> oh, it's so great! And just you know, he calls the girl that he's betting, like that he meets her, and they're betting each other down, and he's blowing coke, and he's like, "You're such a little whore, aren't you?" And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, just everything about him was icky. Yes, in, it in was. a cannibal movie. He was ickier. Like, yes. he was a personification of, like, 42nd Street. That, in- that's awful. Interestingly enough, in that movie, uh, he uh, he does not like Umberto Lenzi. He's gone on record as saying he hates that movie. Hates that movie and uh, pretty much dislikes the director because of that movie. So, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh, meh. <laughs> oh, but the music is so good. Damn! It is. It's good. <laughs> not arguing that. I'm not even saying I hated the movie or something. I'm just saying that like it would yeah. have more of an effect uh, on me what I'm seeing if I cared about a character, but I don't. I want them to die. So it was like, yeah. yeah. Do and it. hey, the title for the American release of that was "Make Them Die Slowly." Oh, yeah. yeah. Please do. do. Yep. Mm-hmm. One second. Just take a second. Okay. 
Come here, Scotchers. Scotch! Come here, Scotch. Freaks, people. Oh, huh? <laughs> that was just listening to the chaos unfold. Kids, and then... <laughs> oh, the dog. I put the big dumb bitch outside, and she went... There's one thing out there that I put up a 50-foot run, and there's one thing that you can maybe wrap one loop around. She was wrapped around it three times, like up to her neck, just like, I'm done! Hello! Help me! And everybody had gone inside, so I... <laughs> I, un- I let her go and brought her in. Then she's all excited, so she runs at Scotch, who's terrified of this gigantic dog running at him. And so she's like, he's like, rah, 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 rah. but uh, you know my little curtain here for my office? Mm-hmm. It's about a foot uh, off the floor. We call it the uh, force field, the bork field, because the big dog will not go under it or go near it. So I just moved Scotch's stuff into my office, and he, he has a safe place now. He, come in, come here, buddy. Okay. He where he can get away from Big Doggo. Yeah. He comes into my man cave. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. <laughs> yes, a good doggo. No, no, no. You stay down. Good boy. And she she will sit in my wife's office and just will not come across that curtain. It's the funniest damn thing. <laughs> so I guess I also have a sp- safe space from Big Dumb Dog. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where were we? I was going on to my next movie. There we go. Yeah. Uh, 1980, The Changeling. A man staying at a secluded historical mansion finds himself being haunted by the presence of a specter. Starring George C. Scott. Uh, this movie was awesome! I mean, legit. This was great writing, great acting, great filmmaking, great pacing. Uh, eh, it could have been a smidge faster, but that's 1980. What are you going to do? Um, what I really, I, the beginning of this movie was horrifying with his wife and child dying, but you see it coming. Yeah. And, but what I really appreciated about the, the, about that is the way that George C. Scott or his character acts the rest of the movie, even when he's coming into a haunted house situation and things are f- flying around and being all crazy. And he still has this look in his eye, like he never acts terrified, which I very much appreciate it because he's like, um, my wife and kid are dead. I don't give a fuck. Like he, that, that's just the way he carries himself. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I would be. And I would mm-hmm. be like, eh. now oh, the neighbors are mowing. That's great. Just more, more shit for me to deal with. Uh, it's raining. I, what, what are you mowing? Like, <laughs> And leaf blowers and weed eaters and, oh, God. Anyway, uh, I really liked that he did not react as, a, like, a terrified kind of way because I I wouldn't have bought that as much. I would have been like, well, dude, you've already been through the absolute horror show. Yeah, yeah the, there's no reason for you to act that way. And not ever in this movie, even when, like, shit was on fire and he was trapped, he was like, meh. Or, hey, maybe find this old well and go dig up an old dead boy. He's like, meh, give me a shovel. Whatever. Um I I very much appreciated that, and I, I man, I just big thumbs up on this movie. I agree with pretty much everything you said. The movie would never really, I don't, I don't feel like it got scary really, but uh, I just appreciated the murder mystery of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good writing. Very well done, gothic 
ghost story. And I, I did feel like the other guy, the guy, the old guy at the end that he was confronting, who got mm-hmm. really super pissed off at him, saying that everything he was saying was lies and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why are you acting this way? Like, I, he was a bit of a mystery to me, because it's like, it, dude, it doesn't change your station in life. It, it has no bearing on you whatsoever. It, it, you know, you can, people in the past that are, your family did horrible things, that doesn't have anything to do with you. So why wouldn't you just be like, meh, okay, yeah. and go on with your life? Because you didn't do it. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, anyway, big thumbs up on the Changeling. Cool, good. Okay, for me, next up, Ghost Galleon. This is part three of the Blind Dead series from Armando Diasario. This one here is uh, certainly a step down from the other ones. This is my least favorite one, primarily because... They jettison almost all of the gore. There's one gory scene in the movie, but otherwise it is these uh, these model types that are on a boat for a dumb reason that go on that that board the the Templar Knights ghost ship for even more silly reasons, and then the Templar Knights, which are basically these walking, talking evil skeletons, are out to get them. It's it's fine. I uh, again, I love the atmosphere of the movie. The miniatures of the boats are hilariously awful, like they're, they're toy boats in a bathtub, pretty much. And it's like, ugh, ouch. Um, but it's still fine for what it is. A little bit more gore would have been very, very welcome. I think that's why I like Night of the Seagulls so much, and the first two. There's, uh, there's a lot more bloodshed. But this one here is still, this of the bunch, this is the, this is the cheesy one. The other ones are a lot more serious in tone. But this is a good watch. I'm not going to spend much time on it. It's at some point I want you to watch the entire Blind Dead series because they are legit cool. I think you would you would dig them. Did I not watch one of them? I feel like I did. Maybe. Um, I don't think that I've let you borrow any of mine. Um, okay. But the music is cool, and just uh, I love the way they those things look, and the music, this like monk chanting type stuff going on whenever they show up is just evil, creepy, cool. So. Good movie. Um, not great, but but solid for what it is. Next up is Grotesque from 1988, starring Linda Blair. This is another Amazon Prime movie that just popped up, and the cover looked cool, and Linda Blair's cool, right? So let's watch this. Anomaly of Cinema. This you is... want to try that one again? Oh, did I say a bit about it? Okay. Anomaly. Shit. This is an anana... Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> This if is you, one crazy you, movie, wait, wait, folks. If, if you mess up one more time, I'm keeping it all in, just so you know. Uh, um, <laughs> Take anom- three. This is an anomaly of cinema, uh, right here. Complete anomaly of cinema. Um, <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> See, you made it funny. Now I gotta uh, think. I know. Uh, <laughs> a gang of crazy punkers. Okay, so a gang of crazy punkers <laughs> break into a. Strike three, you're out. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, Les Blair. Okay, uh, gang of punk-type t- dudes break into this family's house with Linda Blair and her friend and the uh, mom and dad, and they start murdering them, and the crazy, weird, mutiny kid, whatever, breaks out and starts killing them, and it sounds cool, but the movie's all over the place. The first... The first half is home invasion, then the second half is maybe kind of sort of slasher, and then the last half is police 
something weird, and then there's a twist ending that is like straight out of another galaxy. Like, what are you doing? What are you... I don't... I kind of feel like I should spoil it, but I don't want to because it's so bizarre, but it makes no sense, and it's stupid, and... But what came before it was so bizarro anyway that I'm like, oh, I guess, okay. kind of. I mean, and everybody, like the punks, they look like Lost Boy rejects. Like, the Lost Boys look 80s cool. This is not that. Nope, not that. It looks like like the the punkers look kind of like those punker guys in any of those 80s heavy metal movies. Where it's like, you're not quite glam metal. You're just stupid looking. You look stupid. And they do. Slumber Party Massacre 2, that guy. There, yes, kind of like that. Yeah, even him. He looked pretty cool compared to these guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, it's not very good, but it's, uh, it's certainly better than a lot of the shit I've been watching lately. It was worth one watch, I guess. Uh, but uh, way too much police, Barney Fife, stupid stuff, and no. Linda Blair, yeah, I like her, but not in this. Okay, Bad Samaritan. Uh, I'm going to keep this brief because we are getting... I know, I know, and I've got two big movies to talk about. Yeah, I've got one big one that I want to talk about. Uh, Bad Samaritan is... uh, This is a Dean Devlin movie starring David Tennant, and this is a home invasion uh, that goes completely south. I liked this movie up until uh, about the last half hour or so to where the tables are turned, and the bad guy pretty much has the upper hand. The entire rest of the movie, um, something about it... It doesn't quite work. I appreciate what they're trying to do, and it's kind of a cool movie, but uh, it was worth one watch. It would have been a fine roulette, but an hour and 50 minutes is plenty long for this. Uh, it does classify, I guess, as horror. Um, yeah, it, one and done. I I don't know if I would recommend it to you. You would probably get frustrated with it, but eh, okay. Done. Back to you. Uh, so you have three left now? Yes. Okay, perfect. I'm going to do, uh, last round, I'm going to do three, you do three, we'll be done. Get out of here. The interview, or interview, with the Interruption Podcast. Okay, first up is The Barn from 2016. Uh, Halloween 1989, best friends Sam and Josh go do Halloween-y things, and, uh, this would have been a fine roulette, it would have been okay, and had some gore, hour and 30 minutes, not too painful. I appreciate this kind of low-budget movie far more than I do the majority of the shitty roulettes that we get, uh, but it's not a great movie. It, it, even at hour 30, it's a smidge long. I feel like you could have cut a little bit out of there, but I still enjoyed the movie for what it was. Um, next up, uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Finally got around to watching this one. A father and son, both coroners, are pulled into a complex mystery while attempting to identify the body of a young woman who uh, was apparently harboring dark secrets. And everybody that I know has been was freaking out about this movie uh, in 2016. I was like, all right, autopsy, an autopsy movie like that? I don't know about that. That sounds not really up my alley, but we'll see. And I, I blind bought it for a couple of bucks and waited till October and finally popped it in and holy shit, this movie rocks. I mean, this was a damn good movie. A couple of my favorite actors, Brian Cox, Emile Hirsch, I love those guys. Brian Cox has just had an amazing career. He has. And he is excellent in this movie, as always. This was a fantastic movie. Uh, I wonder what this thing cost to make, because it couldn't have been much. 
because uh, it's kind of it's set in one location more or less, and a couple a handful of actors, and I guess some of the special effects might have cost some money. But uh, I sent you a text to remind me to say something about this movie, something about the the bell and the cat. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Um, the bell. I said the bell is genius because of the cat. And from a writing standpoint, let me explain that. They introduce the idea of the bell on the toe, right? Mm-hmm. And you already know the cat's running around in the vents. They've already done that, and the, now they're doing the bell thing, and then they do the little fakey jump scare where he rings the bell and it scares the girlfriend, and she, ha, 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 whatever. So we get that out of the way. But the reason that the cat is brilliant is because the cat is still alive and kicking at the time. So later, when we find the cat, and the cat is dealt with because the cat's done we're expecting that cat to be a jump scare later and the cat was never a jump scare later so because we were expecting that out of the cat we forgot about the bell so later when they're in the hallway and you hear your audience shits their pants i just the writer and me loved that because you introduced two things that would have been um okay, I need to think about that. It's going to come back later. This is foreshadowing. But then you got one little jump scare out of the way with the bell thing, and then we were waiting for the cat, and you got rid of the cat without a jump scare, so we forgot about the bell. Uh, I didn't, but I saw why they did that with the cat, because otherwise the cat served no purpose. Mm -hmm. That was the only purpose of the cat, was to make you forget about the bell, in my opinion. I thought that was just brilliant. Which... Uh, on the writing side, which was, uh, it made it a little unfortunate that uh, what happened with the girlfriend later, because I totally expected that to happen. Um, uh, anyway, the, the movie I had, I, kept, I was hoping this is going to be a vampire thing, but it turned out to be, I think, a little more culty, witchy thing. Uh, and oh, wow. I that was an awesome, awesome movie. I mean, for me, uh, th- that would have bordered on like, the witch territory. But if I had seen it in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, that was damn good, and that's definitely going to have a home on my shelf. Cool. Okay. Uh, last one, and I'm done. Revenge. And you already reviewed this movie? Yep. Okay. This is a French movie about a... Oh, I guess I can get the synopsis up here. Uh, never take your mistress on an annual guy's getaway, especially one devoted to hunting. A violent lesson for three wealthy married men. Um... Yep, I give this movie a big thumbs up, too. I don't think quite as high as you, but I still really totally enjoyed it, and I don't have any issue with you giving it that high uh, a score. Uh, <laughs> you said suspend a little disbelief. You're not wrong. It's kind of a video game movie in that everything works under video game rules, not real rules. And that's okay. I didn't That didn't bother me. Um, what did bother me, once again, is men... There's a thing. Put your dick in her. Like what? What the fuck is wrong with these people? Uh, no, no. And and the other friend is like, "Meh, I'll just turn the race up and go for a swim so I don't hear the mm-hmm. screaming." I'm like, "Bah, what?" Uh, all right. Uh, man, the pack of scumbags. Um, everybody in this movie has about 137 gallons of blood in them. Um. She would have bled out four times over with the blood trail that they followed, because it was not like drip drop here or there. It was like, oh no, here's a straight river of blood for 
five miles. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, the, um, what do you call it? The brand was impossible, but really cool. I really like the idea, but, uh, if you heat up a printing on a pop can, it's, it's not going to say Pepsi on you. It's just going to, that's not raised lettering. Doesn't but work boy, that how it was placed, I'm like, oh, now it makes her look even more badass. Oh, no, it was sweet because it was like a phoenix rising yeah. from the... I get it. It's great. It just... It did... Yeah, it's... No. Uh, the other thing is... And I bitched about this with TJ the other night, because I was halfway through this movie, and he's in Maine in a rural area and has been around guns his whole life, so I'm like, how much do illogical weapons bother you in a movie? Do you... When you see them in a movie... I'm not talking about plastic guns, shark and saw bullshit. I'm talking about... For example, Revenge, you got a 12-gauge shotgun with a sniper rifle on it. Like, that gun is good up to, like, 150 yards tops. There's no need for that kind of scope on it. Uh, it was just ridiculous. And then she does shoot a guy who's, like, 300 yards away, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not the way that works. Not at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I was laughing at it. I wasn't like, this is a deal-breaker. Fuck this movie. And it was just like... That's ridiculous, and somebody didn't know what the hell they're doing, because I don't know anybody uh, that would ever put that kind of scope on a 12-gauge, you know? So, eh. Uh, video game rules! Okay, yeah. uh, that's it for me. I'm done. Back to you. Okay, I loved Revenge, by the way. That's my third favorite of the year. Uh, I, I loved it. Loved I, I will have movie. to look at the movies that came out this year, but I, don't be surprised. I, that My gut instinct says that'll make my top ten. Yeah, it was that last twenty minutes of them stalking each other in the house were that was just brilliant filmmaking. I, oh, I and he, it. oh, and he, he's got a giant hole in him, and just pulls oh, yeah. it all over the walls and floor. Like, there's not that much blood in five people. Yeah, but yeah, he's still walking around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it was oh beautiful. I loved it. Yep. Um, okay, first up for me. Uh, first up, first up of this round is let us pray. This is a rewatch of the Brian O'Malley movie from a couple of years ago. I feel like this was maybe a roulette movie. Yeah. I found it at the local exchange for cheap, so I bought it on Blu-ray and review stands. It was okay. It was probably worth what I paid for it on Blu-ray, but uh, he, uh, Liam Cunningham. There we go. Yes. Uh, he's the angel of death or I don't know, whatever. He shows up at this police station and... Everybody is awful. Oh, and, yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, they all start killing each other, sort of, and he's checking their names off of a little book, and it's something up, I don't know, whatever. It's fine for what it is. It's a horror movie. It's, it counts. But, eh, it was okay. Um, uh, Sleepaway Camp was uh, not only the rewatch uh, for this October, but this might be my favorite movie of the month that I've watched because Sleepaway Camp is one of the best slasher movies ever made, I think. It is a, to me, it is a trifecta of pieces. Friday the 13th, Part 5, uh, New Beginning, and Sleepaway Camp in the, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is weird, but cool weird. Like, they all feel off, but in the best way possible. Um, this particular rewatch, uh, I... I think I like this movie more and more, like Friday the 13th Part 5. I like this movie more every single time I watch it, because the dialogue, I love how filthy everybody's mouths are in this movie. The 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 way their characters are dressed is hilarious, and I love everybody in the movie. Like, even the, the villainous girls in the movie, whatever, I love their characters. I love their dialogue. I love 
every I love everything about this movie. Even the the kills, while not that bloody, they're all really mean spirited and gross for some reason. And I would say that this movie here is every bit as gross or more so than most of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Uh, while it's not overtly bloody, it's something about them is very off putting. And the fact that right off the bat we're having this this pedophile cook guy saying, oh, they're all unshaved and blah, 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 blah. And the rest of the cooks are like, ha, 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 waka, waka. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Everything about the movie is off in the best way possible. The dialogue, like the, the, the aunt that takes in the uh, abandoned kids in the beginning of the movie, the abandoned kid in the beginning of the movie, she's like, mm, that wouldn't do it all, would it? I'm not sure if you remember that. Like, oh no, yeah. Angela, that would not do it all. Oh yeah, she's a lunatic, an she's absolute crazy, lunatic, crazy. Um, and even take off the ending of the movie, which is in my in my opinion one of the greatest endings of a horror movie ever. Even without that, this movie still works as a great example of an '80s summer camp slasher movie. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I love this movie. It makes me laugh every time I watch it. It's horrific. And the ending, I'm just... Even last night, I watched it last night, I was sat there in stunned silence as the credits rolled. And once the credits were done, um, it's Angela's face on the screen, and the screen is green-tinted, and there's just the music, and it's just her face. The credits are done. It's just... You're just it's just beyond creepy evil. Oh, it's so... Great. I... <laughs> Love this movie. I think that I, on your scale, I'd probably give it a nine, nine point five out of ten. It's this is one of the greats for me. Anyway, Sleepaway I Camp. don't disagree. I think I've only watched it two or three times, but I think it's somewhere around a nine for me as well. Oh, I I think it's so bizarro and weird. And oh, listen to Average Joe's Drive-In where we intensely break down Sleepaway Camp, and I think that I think you'll really enjoy that Good. part of the show. Good. But it, that was a good chat because we started talking about, uh, just a tease for it, but we, we started talking about um, <clears throat> the effect of time and place and, and situation when you watch a horror movie because of how divisive horror movies can be. Mm-hmm. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Nobody can ever seem to come down fully on uh, one side of a horror movie. And that one, uh, yeah, I agree. It falls in that situation where I was at a particular time and place when I watched that thing and I didn't know the ending, so... Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's so good and so effective. Uh, I love it. I love it. That is climbing my list of favorite slasher movies. It is. It's great. Okay. Last but not. Well, yeah. Actually, last but almost least. Uh, Nightwing. Uh, this won't take long. Um, this is a... It, Nightwing? Oh, it's... Dude, God. It's so bad. Uh, it's a vampire bat movie from 1979. Ugh. David Warner is embarrassingly in this movie. Like, why are you in this? Because I like you, and this movie's not good. Hour and 45 minutes long, and there's three vampire bat attacks in the movie. And if you take those three bat attacks and do a, you know, so the beginning of the movie, here's my here's my version of Nightwing. Beginning of the movie, there's, oh, shit, there's some cattle that are mutilated or whatever, bats, maybe, something. Okay, um... Yeah, dialogue about um, it might be bats or some crazy shit and whatever. Uh, five minutes later, we cut to uh, sheep getting chased by bats and a guy freaking out. Okay, so now there's whatever. Uh, Indian cop guy. Uh, let's speed things up. Indian cop guy and and the 
uh, Richard Dreyfus Jaws character, uh, which is uh, David Warner's character in this. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, you know, bats. It's vampire bats. I've been tracking these things. Whatever. Five minutes of dialogue about it's actually bats. Uh, stupid actors. Bats fly around stupid actors in a motorhome and dumb stuff happens. Okay, so there's that bat attack, which is kind of cool. Five more minutes. How do we get rid of this thing? Uh, spray shit and burn them up, whatever. And then Indian mysticism ending that was stupid, but whatever. You got about 20 minutes a movie in here. Man, that's pushing it. And it's an hour, it's an hour and 45 that I, that I sat through this. I, oh. <laughs> hey, I like the Indians, but I mean, there's so much Indian mumbo duh, drawing shit on the dirt floor. This will ward them off. No, it won't. It won't ward off the vampire bats. Just b- burn them to a crisp. Roll credits. F- please. I hated it. I hated it. And I own it on Blu-ray. And I'm done. That's it. <laughs> All right. Coming soon. Uh, I'm going to watch Upgrade and a stack of other shit that you gave me and try to uh, pull ahead. We still got uh, this evening and tomorrow yet. So, uh, oh, the final score, by the way, is 62 for me and 61 for you. Wow. So we are neck and neck with a day and an evening to go. Uh, and I'm going to try and burn as many as I can. But, of course, work is crazy and nuts because it got a little bit of a warm spell again. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I was starting to get a little bit of relief but with the bad weather, but... Oh, man. Anyway, I don't this know. Is, this has been impressive, by the way. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of movies right there. Well, my goal for the month was two a day, which would be 62. I'm at that goal, so everything else is bonus. Yeah. And I don't know that I will ever top that. <laughs> yeah, this... If it wouldn't have been for Haunting of Hill House, I would have taken you at this point, but... Yep, you would have. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've got um, this Nightwing awful movie. There's, it's a double bill. So there's another movie on this Blu-ray called Night of the Hawk or some hawk Indian bullshit. I, I'll sit through it, of course. Um, what else? Dr. Butcher's on the stack. I'm, I should have something really good for Halloween Eve or Halloween Day. And I just, I, I am, I'm, the well is running dry for legit Halloween type movies. Unless I pull out uh, Trick or Treat. I might do uh, that, maybe. Well, last year I finished with The Witch, and I'm kind mm. of thinking about... I mean, this whole last... Like, this last stretch of the horathon has been all shit that's legit good. And yeah. I'm going to keep up with that, because I didn't get burned out this year. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm there. I'm on the crust of completely... I'm, I'm running on empty, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sputtering at this point. <laughs> oh, I do have stacks and stacks of VHS of other yeah. stuff I am waiting to get to, yeah. though. I mean, immediately... After tomorrow, after Halloween, which is, well, when you listen to this episode, it'll be after Halloween. But the first thing I'm going to watch is 2001 A Space Odyssey, the new remastered uh, 4K. That is that is a palate cleanser right there. I cannot wait. Well, I'm going sci-fi and and anime stuff probably. But, um, oh, Black Coat's Daughter. I'd like to watch that movie too. That um, would be a good... <laughs> Seeing how I bought it and they gave me Black Butterfly or some other bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, thank you. I will watch Black Code's Daughter before this month is out. Excellent. Okay, that's going to do it for this extra long interrupty episode. I will see you next week with TJ. And, uh, oh, I wanted to say, too, we're probably going to have another commentary up at the end of the year, our Christmas crossover special with TJ. Uh, it'll probably be The Haunting with John DeBont. I, I Just surprise. Oh, really? 
Oh, no, so you're planning on doing this with Steve and TJ and not Eugene. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just because you said you'd never watch it again, and I call bullshit on that. <laughs> Lily Tomlin's in that, though, right? Oh, my God. I think you oh. and I saw that in the theater together. Oh, we did. We did. Oh. 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 And and oh. we liked it. We liked it, mm-hmm. Eugene. Oh, it's good CGI. It's got good CGI. No, no it doesn't. No. <laughs> I bought it on VHS when that was still a relevant thing. Oh, dude, I have it on Blu-ray, I think. Oh, I couldn't. Oh, what is wrong? <laughs> Bullshit. You do not. No, I don't. Actually, hold on. Before we go, I've got it. I've got oh, my, shit. my, uh, what's it called? The Hill Haunting. House, right? No, The, the Haunting. The Haunting. Uh, hold, I, please don't have it on the, I don't think I do. Please don't have it on Blu-ray. Please. I might hang up on you if you do. <laughs> uh, haunting, Haunting, Haunting. Where's the Blu-ray? Uh, there's the old one. Haunting, where are you? Of, of course, now it's... Of course, the movie is so bad, it's like not letting me find it on, on Film Aficionado. <laughs> it's haunting a Film Aficionado. Yeah, I can't... I can't oh, come on. Oh, I don't want to spend time on this. <laughs> I, I can't find it. Let's just pretend I don't. <laughs> uh, tune in next week where we find out if Eugene's shitty movies are so bad he gets kicked off his own show. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.